I am fantasy author Elle Penelope, and welcome to My Imaginary Friends, a look behind the scenes at an author mapping the worlds in my head and making them a reality. Hello, friends. Today is Friday, March 8th, 2019, as I record this, and welcome to episode four of My Imaginary Friends. I'm Leslie. So I am feeling a lot better. I think I still sound a little stuffy or a little nasally, but I... uh and I might, I might still cough. I've got my tea in my uh, Love Maryland mug. Um, but yes, I feel so, so much better, ready to rejoin the world and leave the house for the first time in a few weeks after dealing with the flu. So very, very grateful for that. And um, this week's best thing was the Umbrella Academy, which I binged uh, during my convalescence. <laughs> I don't want to make too big of a deal of this, but uh, I, when I got to the point where I could, you know, focus on something, um, I, I decided to watch it. And I don't watch a lot of TV at this point. Um, I cut out a lot of my shows many years ago when I decided to focus on writing. And so um, these days I will binge things, you know, I, there's a couple of shows that I do watch, but um most of the stuff people are talking about online, I miss. So I did see, uh, I decided to watch Umbrella Academy. I'd saw the, the, I'd seen the trailer on Netflix when I was flipping through and it looked sort of interesting, but a lot of things look sort of interesting. And then I saw someone on Facebook talking about it and, uh, giving a spoiler about one of the characters. And so, uh, with this spoiler in hand, and then I saw this discussion that, that, uh, came afterwards. And so this person's take on this spoiler, which I won't tell you was interesting enough that I was like, well, okay, it was in my head. So when I was like, I think I want to watch something, uh, I've got a couple of days. <laughs> and so I decided to watch Umbrella Academy. And I really liked it. I really, really did. I thought that the emotional motivation and the core of the characters was really compelling to me. It's, um, you know, it's about the show, people who have these powers and uh, these seven children who are adopted, and uh, six of them go on to form this sort of crime-fighting team with their adopted father. And um, yeah, so this, this story of this this family and the stakes of the larger storyline are, um, and I think they'd say this in the trailer, like the world is going to end. They're trying to stop the world from ending. So the largest possible stakes you could have in a story, while at the same time, um, they still manage to make it personal. So yes, this character, you know, one of the characters wants to stop the end of the world, but very specifically, he wants to save his family. And um, that goes into, I'm going to talk about later, just in terms of stakes. And so that wasn't the only reason why I liked it. I, I liked the the world that it was in. It was, you know, at first you're going along and then they, they give you this premise, which is unusual, but it still seems like our world. And then you see a talking chimpanzee and you're like, oh, okay. And um, there's other things that are really cool. It, it, like apparently it's a world that doesn't have computers or cell phones because everyone's on pay phones and they're going to the library to do research and they're on microfiches. And I loved that. But you know, there's cars and there's technology and a character has gone to the moon. So uh, it's just a really interesting concept. I, I really like it when you, you have our world and something is different. And so everything looks basically the same, but not quite. And so this idea of of no internet, no computers, I'm, I'm guessing, um, made it really interesting and really cool. 
and um and then the characters and the stories and after i binge something i um generally want to consume everything about it i want to look at the actors interviews and read you know reviews and just what people are saying about it and so i saw some stuff on twitter which i like a bunch of memes which were cool and uh but i didn't d- dive super deep into it but um so which is to say i don't know you know what the prevailing belief system is that initial facebook post which made me want to watch it had some things in it that i totally disagreed with um and I ended up really liking it. I would highly recommend it if you like that sort of thing, which is um, vaguely sci-fi, slightly left of center um, TV shows. I don't know. Um, so yeah, that was this week's best thing, Umbrella Academy. Thumbs up. <laughs> so in terms of writing... I was forcing myself to write a scene a day to do the fast draft for um, Cry of Metal and Bone, which is book three of my series. And uh, that was going really well until Wednesday. Wednesday, I wrote two scenes, and both of them, neither of them quite felt right. Like on Tuesday, I, I realized I needed, I needed another scene. And I didn't know what was going to happen, but... Uh, I wasn't, I didn't have enough, you know, there something, things had to be fleshed out more and I wasn't sure how to do it. So I thought, well, let me just get something on the page on Wednesday and I, I can fix it later. That's generally my attitude. But even as I was writing those scenes, I knew something was wrong. And so I hit a bump in the road and I was thinking about, okay, what's wrong with this on paper, this plot line? It's working. It seems like it's functioning. You know, I know that the, I knew that things were going to change, but when it actually gets to the point where I have to change something and I hit a, I hit a stopping point, I hit something that feels wrong to me and I could push through and keep going, but everything after that is probably not going to be right until I figure it out. And so that's the thing about schedules. You know, you, I build it not enough time knowing this is going to happen, but I still want to meet my schedule. So I was thinking about why what's wrong it's about 40% into this this subplot which is generally i think 40 50% is where things start to fall apart in my outline and what i planned to do and what i came to was that there's not enough blood on the page and uh for me for me i have to feel the character like i just and i'm not feeling it <laughs> In simple terms, I'm not feeling enough emotion, you know, like I I have this character, Ella, and I know what her goals are. And, you know, she's in the special edition of book one. So it's a continuation of that story and that and the same motivation is present. And I know what she wants. But I don't. There's just not enough blood on the page. There's just not enough emotion and passion and pain. And it doesn't have to be pain. I don't want to make it seem like, um, you know, I'm writing this, you know, I don't know, epic literary thing where I'm investigating all of, all of the characters' pains. But when I'm writing it, I need to really dig into the character's wound, into that thing that, that, um, that is, is motivating them more so than their, external motivation, um, the thing that drives them to want what they want. And I know what that is with her, but somehow it's not translating. And so for me, 
I phrase it as blood on the page. And um, some characters are easier for me to write than others. Um, Jasminda, who is the main character of Song of Blood and Stone, was fairly easy to write because she's not that different from myself. And the things that motivate her um, and the things that she struggles with are not that different from things that I struggle with. And so she came very easily. Some characters come very easily. This character, Ella, is diametrically opposite to me. She's an extrovert. She's very charming. She loves people. She um, she is able to get people to open up to her and trust her. And it's just all very natural. And none of that describes me at all. <laughs> so she's been um, a really cool character to write and a challenge. And I've had to, to work really hard to write her. And so now I'm coming up against a point where I think the stakes aren't high enough. And I think that's also what I mean when I say there's not enough blood on the page. Um, Because if the stakes aren't high enough, then I'm not tapping into the deep emotions that I need to feel from her in order to be able to write her. And so my strategy for that is to make a list of all of the worst things that could possibly happen to this character and then make one of them happen. Because I guess I'm just not torturing her enough. And uh, I always think I am, but I, I, I hold back. And I think a lot of authors, you know, we love our characters and we don't want to torture them, but the story is always better when we do. Years ago when I was in a critique group and I was working on the first version of Song of Blood and Stone and um, I needed, I was showing the, the pages to the critique group and this one woman was like, yeah, you know, that's good. You know, I, it, there was a scene where I needed to get her to go on the journey. I needed to push her out of her normal world just even further than what she what had been happening before. And this is a slight spoiler for Song of Blood and Stone, but it happens fairly early in the book. So this author, when she read my pages, she was like, yeah, that's good, but uh, I think you need to go further. Uh, why don't you burn her house down? And I was like, burn her house down? <laughs> what? <laughs> Never occurred to me. And the more I thought about it, the more I was like, yeah, I need to burn her house down. I need to make it really, really hard. I need to make it painful. Um, this is all she had. She's alone in the world. She's an orphan. She has this house that her father built and she needs to leave. So I burned her house down. And um, so I always come back to that, to that piece of advice. And um, so now I'm looking at, okay, how do I burn Ella's house down? What can I do to make things worse for her, to raise the stakes and to make the emotion and to make the emotion um, hit me in a way that I can continue to write it and I can continue to feel like there's forward motion. And so that is my challenge. Um, I need it. I need time to, to do that. I took a day off because usually a day or two off just my brain. I, I know that it's in the background. My subconscious is working it out. And um, so I can try to think, 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 and and work, but a lot of times taking a step back, as painful as it is, keeping my schedule in mind, it it works really well for me. So took yesterday off, um, did some other you know writing related things, but today I'm going to come back and brainstorm the list, all the bad things, the worst things, like the worst things for her. What would be the absolute worst, and then figure out which one of those has to happen to raise the stakes, and then I can probably continue with most of the storyline that as I have outlined, I always keep myself open to burning everything down, not just the house, like the whole world. And 
if I'm open to the idea of changing everything, then I can usually find that one thing to change that will make it feel right again. And, um, you know, it's just, it's a lot of it's just intuition uh, at this point, like knowing I've gone down a weird path and I have to reel myself back. Um, and also last night, um, something came across my Instagram feed, which was just really relevant to this. Um, shout out to Madhuri Pavamani, who is coming out with um, a book of poetry that I'm really excited for. But um, on her stories, there was a, a quote from Franz Kafka. And I'm not, I don't know that I've read Kafka, maybe in like AP English in high school or something, but I have no recollection of it. But um, I thought this quote was really just right on time. And I don't agree with it 100%, but the sentiment is really just perfect for what I'm going through. And so it says, I think we ought to read only the kind of books that wound and stab us. If the book we're reading doesn't wake us up with a blow on the head, what are we reading it for? We need the books that affect us like a disaster, that grieve us deeply, like the death of someone we loved more than ourselves, like being banished into forests far from everyone, like a suicide. A book must be the axe for the frozen sea inside us. Now, I'm writing popular fiction. I'm writing, you know, fantasy, and I write romance. And it's not quite pulp, but it's 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 uh, commercial fiction. And so, not something you would <laughs> describe about what Franz Kafka is writing. So, take that back a few steps of intensity. Um, but it does it does describe, to a certain degree, like what I'm looking for in what I'm writing and what I'm reading. I want to feel something and I want to feel something really strongly. And so if I, if I can't feel it when I'm, when I'm writing it, you're not going to feel it when you read it. And, um, and that's a lot of times what I'm, I'm missing in, in certain things. Like sometimes, you know, uh, you're, you're, I mean, I'm always reading for pleasure at this point in my life. I'm not trying to read great American novels and I'm always reading for, um, to feel good and to escape. And I love romance because there's a happy ending. And so I don't want to read misery that ends even more miserable than when you began. But through the journey to the happy ending, I do want to feel something. And and it's, uh, so that quote just spoke to me. And I found this uh, other translations because it was originally in German. And um, the other translations are really interesting too, to think about, um, you know, what we need are books that hit us like a most painful misfortune. Um, and so they're all saying very similar, you know, just how you, how, how you can take the same words and put them in a different and translate them differently. I'm, I'm fascinated by the idea of translation and what gets lost and what gets changed and the role of the translator in it, um, which is a topic for another day. But in terms of what I'm writing right now, it's, um, it's another rabbit hole that I have to stop myself from going into because I do have multiple languages and people speaking in different languages and not being able to understand each other is part of the conflict. And, you know, that layer of, okay, who's translating and how are they doing that? And what are they bringing to it? Also very interesting, but I don't think that <laughs> I could fit another layer of story into this already heavily layered uh, plot. So that is where I've been and what I've been uh, doing this week and thinking about. 
and working on. So hopefully uh, by next week, I, I will have finished the fast draft of this new storyline and we'll be ready to dive into cleaning it up, revising it, making it pretty, making it sing, doing all those wonderful writerly things. And um, hopefully feeling 100% getting there uh, physically, um, but not quite there yet. So thanks again for joining me and I hope you have a wonderful week. Happy reading. For episode show notes and to learn more about me and my books, go to lpenelope.com. 